Yo, 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 welcome to Taproom Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, lads, here with my partner, the beer expert, y'all know him, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson, what's going on, Ben? Not much, man. It uh, it's been a good weekend of sports. I mean, money wise, maybe not, but you know, it, it's good to see everything, like literally everything, back on TV this weekend. And uh, and it's also not as smoky here in California. So hey, I can't complain much. So you know, it's it's been a good weekend. How's how's your been? Man, it's been awesome. Obviously, you know, yesterday was a huge sports day. College football. UFC, MLB, NHL, NBA, a little bit of everything. Um, yep. It was awesome, man. Um, I'm sure my fiance hates me because I was watching <laughs> sports all day. But, you know, that's what sometimes these things cause us to do. But, man, it was it awesome, happens, man. Yeah. And we're here drinking some fucking great beer, having a good time, ready to talk some sports. I'm stoked to be here, as always. Yeah, so you kind of just mentioned the other half of our topic, uh, our, our podcast is drinking beer. And, uh, man, so each week we're going to be talking about, a you know, a beer or two that is kind of local to our areas and uh, something that we've, you know, found is either good or, or want to try out and let you guys know how it is on the podcast. Um, so, you know, we love our breweries. We love talking to the brewers. Um, and most of all, we love drinking our beer. So, you know, we want to let you know what's good out there. And, you know, maybe if you're at one of those breweries, you check out one of the beers we've tried. So, um, you know, sky's the limit with where we can go with beer and sports. So, Jordan, what are you drinking tonight? This week, I went down to Tanaya Creek. I, I drank two Tanaya Creek beers last week. Um, I thought they were really good and um, really good people at the brewery, man. They're very welcoming and, you know, they made me want to come back. So I went back there this week because um, I've been hearing about their Oktoberfest. So I picked up a 32 ounce of Oktoberfest and yeah. Spirit of Oktoberfest. Um, yeah. Obviously, we won't be getting Oktoberfest, the actual event, but Oktoberfest never dies, dude. Yeah. So I'm drinking oh, Oktoberfest yeah. tonight. Nice. And I'm stoked that all of our breweries around here, um, they're, they're still making that Oktoberfest beer because it's a damn good beer and... Man, we can't let COVID take anything or everything. Excuse me. So, well, what are you, you know, sipping had, on, though? Yeah, I had. Uh, I'm kind of going the sour route today. Um, That's you know, my so, route. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and really, you've gotten me uh, kind of appreciating sours now. And you know, we've only got a few weeks left of this heat, so you know, I got to get more in there. I don't know if I'd really turn to those during those uh, cold winter nights, but. I mean, it's California. We don't really have cold winter nights. But, you know, the, f- the first beer that I'm going to be drinking uh, tonight is a Juiced uh, by Hen House. And uh, Hen House is out of Sonoma County, and uh, I'm drinking their pineapple version of this. Um, so, you know, they, they also have a black cherry that I think just came out this week. So, Ooh, nice. you know, if, if this one's good, I'm definitely going to be uh, going out and finding that. And, I mean, I just love it. It's uh, three buddies who had a passion for beer. One leveraged his kind of business connections to start the, the brewery. One brewed himself and just perfected those recipes. And, you know, the other one, you know, kind of went out and, and got their, their customer base. So, I mean, in the last, what, seven years, they've gone from 88 barrels to 1,200. So they are wow. booming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm excited. I've, I've 
taking a couple sips and and damn it's good so i'm looking forward to it and uh the second beer i'm i'm going with another uh goose and uh this is called crown and axes uh which is a strawberry guava goose and uh it's a collaboration beer between a la brewing company actually out of inglewood called crown and hops and uh great notion out of portland oregon and uh you know it's it's uh some two great uh, breweries that really look to kind of engulf and preserve the culture of their areas um you know with the uh the crown and hops down in inglewood and um great notion out of portland so they really try to incorporate all of the things of their city into their beers so i'm excited for this one it says it's got a little bit of a salty taste to it so i'm i'm that's it's going to be interesting there. That's quite a uh, collaboration going from Portland and and uh, you know Inglewood down in LA County. That's a I wouldn't you don't really expect that. Mostly when people collaborate, it's like within their own cities and stuff. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah. and from my digging, what I saw was that they collaborated because they had that same focus of you know preserving that culture and and bringing the community into their brewery so it's it's great to see and uh i'm I'm looking forward to it so you know it's it's time for some week two football of the nfl season and you know i just wanted to I wanted to give everybody a side note. Um, we're going to be previewing all of the upcoming week's actions uh, in a new podcast called APR, a.k.a. the Annexation of Puerto Rico podcast, which is a good shout-out to uh, you know the Little Giants movie back in 94. Uh, oh, yeah. um, so we're going to be dropping this on Thursday. Jordan and I are going to discuss uh, you know our week three actions, so we're looking forward to those games, with James Puddles, Weir, and Steady Eddie. So uh, we're going to touch on each of those games, and uh, we're going to have a weekly fantasy draft. We're going to put all our best bets in, so everybody give it a listen. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun, and I can't wait till James hears his nickname and, <laughs> and either agrees or disagrees. And even if he disagrees, you know, we love it's, it. James is a big Oregon fan, by the way. Yeah, it's happening, and it's got that Oregon history behind it. So Yeah, absolutely. Puddles, puddles, and steady Eddie. Make sure you give it a give it a listen. All right, so we kicked off week two on Thursday with the Bengals and the Browns. Um, the line would and it closed at minus six for Cleveland, plus six for Cincinnati. Cleveland ended up winning thirty-five to thirty. Um, you know, what was your takeaway on that barn burner of two teams in Ohio? I mean, it, it really kind of was a barn burner. I was surprised about that. It was, it was more <laughs> of a, you know, of a game than I thought we were going to get. Um, I was surprised myself. But man, damn, Burrow needs some protection. Knocked down, what, nine times? You know, and uh, I mean, if you have that good offensive line, it's going to help mix into their um, so I, I think that really needs to, to get beefed up. Um, Baker Mayfield, he's kind of garbage. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, really though, I mean, imagine the Browns with a top notch QB they've got, I mean, on paper, they are, they are the team, but give them that top level QB that can move, that can, you know, that's, really put the ball there. Whew. That's actually a, a great point. I was actually talking, uh, I think it might have been James today, actually, 
and I was like, hey, do you think that if Cleveland were to end up with like a top three record or top four record, do you think that they would even consider drafting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields to overtake Baker? And part of my reasoning was because like, you know, and the reason why we were talking about it was because like we're talking about Sam Darnold and how the Jets were just look so pathetic mm-hmm. today. And I know we'll kind of touch on this later, but in comparison to Baker Mayfield, like you said, Baker has all those weapons around him. Yeah. He's surrounded by Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Camille, uh, Hunt, yep. Kareem Hunt. And it's like, you know, Darnold doesn't have those weapons. So it's like, as the Browns, if you're leading that organization, are you analyzing your team and saying like, hey, like we really could use an upgraded quarterback? Do you consider doing that? Or do you kind of go with, Baker because you drafted number one overall. I mean, that's I, I think that's a big part with Baker is he was that number one overall draft. And if you take him out so quickly, it does. It, I mean, it really does make your organization and at least your scouts, your drafting look bad, um, you know, especially if they don't get a return for him. And really, I don't see anybody, you know, going out of their way to to get Mayfield in their in their QB. But look at what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen. They traded up to draft Josh Ro- Josh Rosen the, uh, in that draft in, um, what was that, 2017 mm-hmm. or 2018. They saw one year of him, and then they got the number one pick and were able to draft Kyler Murray, who's like, yeah. you know, obviously a, a once could be a once-in-a-generation type pick. But, you know, scouts are also, they're saying Lawrence and Fields, like they're saying these two guys are like, you know, once in a generation type yeah. uh, quarterbacks, like you don't see this kind of co- these quarterbacks come out often. So it's like, as the Browns, do you just move on quickly, or do you like, like you said, like it makes your scouts look bad, it makes you look bad as a general manager. But I feel like if you fight that um, that ego, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like if you put your ego aside and just make the right decision, it could actually be better for your career. Because I mean, Steve Kime was uh, uh, the GM of the Cardinals. You know, he basically admitted, like, hey, I made a mistake dra- drafting Rosie, and, like, I'm going to move on quickly and get Kyler. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. And he, d- he made the right decision, obviously. Well, and, and the good thing is, is that if you pick, you know, in those top three picks, you know, you don't have to make that decision of what, what are you going to pick? Are you going to pick the best player available, or are you going to pick the biggest hole that you have within your organization? And picking up a new yeah. QB is a huge hole in their organization, so it would really kill two burn two birds with one stone there so so you're ready to move on from baker yeah yeah and i unfortunately for baker i don't see too many teams you know placing him in that starting position we'll see yeah. how the rest of this season goes but at, I mean, at this point we'll take a chance but yeah i think the i think i heard a lot of talk this week on like how good joe burrow looked and blah blah, blah and you know, I wasn't, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't impressed, but to me, like, dude, his team was down 12 points with a little under five minutes, four minutes to go. Like, obviously, the chances of winning that game are slim to none, but I mean, the Cowboys did it today, yep. and they were down 16 in the same point in time, yep. and, you know, they have a quarterback like Dak Prescott, um, but, you know, Burrow, he didn't even, like, try to throw the ball downfield once. Like, he just kept dinking and dunking because, obviously, the defense is going to give you that one. They're up two scores, yep. you know what I'm saying? So, I, I felt like, although that he didn't make a big mistake, I felt like he was way too conservative, dude. He threw the ball 61 times, only averaged 5.2 yards per catch. Um, So, I mean, I, I felt like he was a little overhyped that game, dude. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
Absolutely. And, I mean, I could be a little biased because literally Cleveland should have covered that game. They were up 12 with like four minutes left. So I was like, dude, what the fuck? But still, I mean, they only scored with like 48 seconds left on the clock. Like at that point, you're like out of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's going to be interesting with them next week. They they take an Eagles team who, you know, looked like garbage today, too. So, you know, that might be his his breakout game. Um, unfortunately, I think he's going to have that hype because he hasn't had that breakout game yet. And, you know, if, if that pressure is too much, you know, it could take a, a few weeks until he, he really shows up. I know this hurts my argument, too, what I'm about to say, but um, what did you take away from, like, Cincinnati – or Cleveland as teams because uh, he actually played pretty well. He could have beat the Chargers, and the Chargers almost beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs today. Yep. Like, and Justin Herbert was in the game. Um, but I mean, like that that Chargers defense really stifled Mahomes early in that game. Like, I think he was like twelve of twenty six from uh, passing in the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, what did you take away from Cincinnati and Cleveland's teams, like? Are you higher on on Cincy because they covered against um or uh, yeah against Cleveland or are you like saying like oh man like Cleveland still kind of sucks it's just like the Bengals aren't there yet yeah I think it's yeah I, I think it's both teams are are not quite there yet and they're gonna need some work to you know really get into a a, a hunt for a wild card position even. Um, well, the the Bengals ain't making no playoffs. Yeah, I don't. Dude. I don't think even, Cleveland does either. Five games. Yeah, I mean Cleveland might. But that's what I'm might saying. But Cleveland more. wants. Cleveland expects to be oh, in absolutely. the playoffs. Like yep. that, they, you know, the Bengals. I don't. I don't think expect to be there in the playoffs. So, I mean, you're you're basically saying like you're down on the Browns, like very down on them. Yeah, I I don't think they're in that top echelon of of teams. Um, you know, I. They're great paper-wise, but I don't. I think Baker is that huge elephant in the room, and he hasn't proven to me really in multiple games in a row that he can. Yeah, he's had his spotlight game here and there, but multiple games in a row that he can keep that high level of intensity. So, you know, I I don't I don't think they're going to be even you know a wild card fight. Man, I kind of disagree because I felt like. They really stuck to their game plan and, like, ran the ball. And, I mean, Nick Chubb had a big game. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had 124 yards on 22 carries and two touchdowns. Cream Hunt added 86 yards rushing in a touchdown. Plus, he received for a touchdown as well. Um, I, I thought that week one, I thought the Browns really tried to force the ball down to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he and... Um, he had like nine targets. Obviously, they were playing down. I mean, the Ravens are really good. Yeah, dude. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that the, I just think I I think the Browns are are better than you think they are, but I don't think they're as good as like like I I don't see them winning their division by any means. Yeah, but let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to uh, the game of the week this week. Um, was the Texans versus the Ravens? Yep. Um. The rate the Texans came in as a seven and a half point underdog, um, meaning obviously the Texans were plus seven and a half. The Ravens were minus seven and a half. The Ravens were on the road as well, and the Ravens won this game thirty three to sixteen. What what do you think of this game? What's your takeaway? Yeah, uh, I mean, kind of the same thing with Burrow. I think Deshaun Watson needs protection. I mean, 
sacked four times today. That's you know that's that's tough for Deshaun Watson. He doesn't he needs that time to you know have that pass run option, and you know he's not getting it. You know with with Houston's offensive line there. Um, man, Lamar Jackson and Ingram are a great run threat. I think that's going to be you know something to really look at this you know this season um, because you know, they do have that dual threat in the backfield with their QB. And I think that's great. He's got a great arm and, and great, you know, options, you know, to pass to as well. So I think that offense is going to be, you know, top notch this year. I mean, last year they were top notch. He won oh. MVP. Oh so. yeah. I, I think they're, yeah, they're going to continue that. But I think you need, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Houston needs some work. I I took more away from this game that Houston is really dog shit. <laughs> like they're not on that level, basically. Um I thought that I mean Bill O'Brien needs to be fired, man. This guy is running things in this organization, making these trades. He traded a first round pick for Lionel Collins. Um so that's an offensive lineman that's giving Deshaun Watson trouble, obviously running for his life back there. And then he trades his number one wide receiver for uh, David Johnson, who's like on the back end of his career. Yep. And dude only had 11 carries for 34 yards. Obviously, the Ravens are a stout defense, dude. They're a, a well-balanced team all around. They're one of the better teams in, in the NFL. And this game just proved to me that the Texans are nowhere near that level. Yep. They they won their division last year. They took a step back this year. This is exactly what this shit told me. Like this shit wasn't. This game wasn't even close. Yeah, but is their division really that uh, able to compete? I mean, I mean, the Titans made the AFC yeah. Championship last year. Yeah, Titans looked and good the, today. And the Titans are two and zero. Yeah, yeah. They they beat the. I mean, the Jaguars aren't a great team, obviously, but I mean. Look at what the Colts did to the Vikings today. They yep. beat them down, and then they lost to the Jaguars last week. Yeah, and the Jaguars were in that game with the Titans too. Oh, absolutely! It was it was right till the end there. It was that was a fun game to watch too. I mean, this th- that division, the AFC South, is like wide open. Yeah, and I I love honestly today just showed me I love the Colts that much more to win that division. Yeah, that, I think that last week was a fluke. Yeah, I think Mac being out is definitely going to hurt the Colts, um, but. Man, Jonathan Taylor today looked outstanding. I mean, Hines yeah. last week took over when when Matt got hurt, so they have the options. Man, there. imagine if you started Hines this week in fantasy. Oh, yeah, that would have been tough. That would have been very tough. Oh man, uh, dude, because he killed it last week. You know, you know, a lot of people started oh, him this week. Absolutely. I mean, he was one of the first taken in our fantasy uh, off the uh, off the, the waiver wire. Yep. So. Crazy. So, All right, let's move on to Sunday night. Yeah, what do you think of that Pat uh, Seahawks game? Man, that was it was a, a great game, man. Yeah. Came down to nine seconds on the goal line. Yep. Um, it was honestly, I didn't think that the game was going to be that close. I mean, obviously the Seahawks covered. I love the Seahawks minus four. They covered, but that was like a clenching your butthole tight cover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was a very tough cover. And, um, you know, the Pats look a lot better than I thought. But that play at the goal line, I thought was very, um, whatchamacallit, like, it was very, like, the Seahawks saw it. Like, everybody saw it. Yep. I saw it. Poor, like, that's exactly what I would have thought was going to be run. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, what did, what did you think of that game, man? It was a great game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you had the standout, and Russ, uh, he just, he was uh, incredible. Um, uh, Jamal Adams, I was, I was pretty impressed with Jamal Adams in the, uh, in the backfield there. He came up big on a couple game. stops. Um, yeah. you know, he, that's what you, that's what you traded. Yeah. For, oh, though. absolutely. I still think, think that, you know, two first round picks is, is tough for that, but you know, it, he, he made a big play when oh, they needed it. Blade. So if you think about it though, like, uh, they have Kyler Murray in their division, right? Yep. And like Jamal Adams is like the perfect compliment defensively to Kyler Murray yeah. and you know he kind of proved his proved his worth to what he did to stopping Cam Newton in clutch situations tonight yeah I mean I still thought Cam looked good I mean he had his two yeah, rushing touchdowns there um was he the top he rusher in that game uh oh no Chris Carson outrushed him uh in that game but uh and I, I'm also impressed with him and Edelman man Edelman had 179 receiving yards today um, I felt like he was only throwing to Edelman. Yeah, <laughs> if it works, keep going to it. And, I mean, they're going to be a great connection over the season, so that's going to be fun to see. It's definitely going to well, be I mean, fun to see. Cam, like, he, he really likes throwing between the numbers, and that's where Edelman thrives. So yep. I figured that would be a good connection. But, I I mean, if we were talking about, like, what we took away from each team tonight, I think I took more positivity away from New England. Like, New England might be able to win this division against the Bills. Yep. And I know I picked the Bills. You picked the Bills too, right? I did. Yeah, so, I mean, shit, both of our picks looking tough right there. Yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a sec here. So, yeah, I mean, those are, are pretty much our, our primetime games that happened today. What else? I mean, what was what was your big standout, your surprise, your disappointment from, from today? And, I guess, Thursday as well. Man, my biggest, uh, my biggest surprise is that the Rams are just – putting up points yep. and i know they were going into kind of defeated not defeated but uh kind of banged up eagles team but the eagles were starting to get healthy but i mean they put up over 40 points and i know the eagles lost fletcher cox early but higby looked very good um i mean the rams are my biggest surprise right now two and two and oh um and obviously the cardinals dude yeah they looked great today they looked absolutely oh, I was, outstanding i know they i know they played the football team but they just, they weren't playing just a football team. Yep. They played the football team, yep. and they looked very good, yep. very good. What about you, man? What did you take away from today? I mean, other than I, the Cardinals are better than the, Niner, the Niners. Yeah, well, especially now um, this week, the injuries, man. Holy shit! Yeah. I mean, just on. I mean, injuries. we can talk the Niners alone today in the the Niners Jets game. We saw Garoppolo go down with an ankle. We saw Bosa and Thompson go out with knee injuries in three plays, like in the span of three plays. We saw Moser. Yeah, we saw Moser, and both were carted off too. Like that's not good. Um, we saw Mostert leave at half with a uh, a knee injury, so I'm really scared for these Niners. Um, they got the W uh, somehow. I mean, the Jets just did. The Jets <laughs> sucked. They looked. They got a rel- 
They got to relegate the Jets to the XFL. Yeah. Like, it has to Go uh, English Premier League type of type of standings <laughs> here. I like it. Um, Enough, dude. You know, but, and, I mean, look who else we saw today. We saw Drew Locke go down. We saw Tyrod Taylor, um, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard off the Giants, Christian McCaffrey. Like, uh, those are superstar names right big, there. And, player, yep, and a lot of those injuries look like they're going to be long-term. So yeah. that's, that's going to be tough. So, very tough. But hey, tomorrow night, yep, op- uh, Monday night football, they're opening the stadium out here, the Death Star out in Vegas. Yep, you know, who uh, the Saints are right now, minus six, lane six on the road against the Raiders. Um, I don't want to get too deep into this because this is my best bet later, but. You know what? What's your thoughts of this game coming up tomorrow night? Yeah, or tonight I should say. This is, we're gonna publish this tomorrow morning. So tonight, what's your take on this game tonight? Yeah, um, I I think the Saints are gonna have a tough time with Michael Thomas out. Um, you know that really stops that that wide receiver threat. I know they do have other options, but you know Michael Thomas is one of those game changers. So I'm gonna go Raiders plus six here. I think I I, I think they can easily. Uh, you know, keep up. They played great in week one. And, um, you know, I, I think week two is going to be a little bit tougher for the Saints. You know, I know Tampa Bay played well today, but they didn't really have it last week. So I think this is going to be a, a tough, tough fight for the Saints. Man, I love John Gruden, bro. So <clears throat> when I ever speak about the Raiders, it's usually a little biased. And I'm not a Raider fan. I just love John Gruden. Yeah. Like, I think John Gruden is that dude. And the fact he hired Mike Mayock to be his GM and, like, player evaluate and that kind of stuff, I think is even better. And I said the first year about the Raiders, I was like, yo, they're going to suck because they want to build shit their way. They want to establish their culture. Week Year two, they were going to be decent. And year three, they were going to start to be better. Yep. Um, meaning, like, I expected them to contend for the playoffs this year. This is a statement game right here. Week two. Yeah. I know it's only week two, but this is a statement game because the Saints have no Michael Thomas, yep. right? So there's no excuse to lose this game. All right? Drew Brees didn't look that good last week. Nope. He looked decent, but that defense really took that game over yep. with the defensive touchdown. That was really the difference of the game. Uh, so I think this is a statement game. And if I'm John Gruden, I'm going to my team tonight. I'm saying, gentlemen, this is a must-win game right here because this will dictate how our season is going to go the rest of the way. If we win this game, we are going to make the playoffs. If we lose this game, we are going to fight to barely yep. make the playoffs, if not make them. Like, this is a game you must win. Hell yeah. In my opinion. And if they do, sky's the limit. So even if they lose, I don't think they're going to lose by much because I think that they're going to be fighting like it's the game of the year. I like the Raiders plus six opening up their stadium. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight. So, all right, so... I mean, that we've had a great week, two in football. Looking forward to tomorrow's game. But there's another game tomorrow that I'm really looking forward to, and that is game two of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. 
We've got mm-hmm. the uh, the Dallas Stars going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, we had Game One uh, just just last night with the uh, Dallas taking Game One four to one, um, and you know it was a uh, it was a pretty big statement game for the Stars. Um, did what'd you take out of that game? Uh, that a shark was going to win the Stanley Cup. Yep, I love it. <laughs> Nah, but I mean, um, you know, you told me earlier in the day, you were like, man, I like the Stars to win this game. And you gave, like, very valid points. Like, it made very, it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ca- I'll obviously pick the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup, but I think that their lack of, or their lack of depth is starting to show up because they got a lot of guys hurt. Yep. And I think that's where the Stars are just overpowering them. Plus, the Stars goalie is playing very well yeah. the last series and heading into this series. Kuldobin has been standing on his head. Um, just uh, to get past the Knights is huge. He's got a cool name, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, Stamkos probably out for the rest of the series, which I think is going to be a, a huge, huge issue. Huge blow. Yep. And uh, blow. like you said, that depth is just a little bit tough. And uh, all right. So who would you rather... Got a quick Who'd You Rather game. Would you rather have Pavelski of the Stars or Johnny or, or uh, Goodrow of the Lightning win that cup? Well, of course, I, of course I'd rather have Pavelski. Yeah. I mean, Pavelski was... But, I mean, at the same time, it, like, hurts, dude. It's like, bro, like, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do this in San Jose, bro? Like, yeah. why? Why you got to do this to me, man, all the time? I fucking hate hockey. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna go Goodrow, even though I think Dallas is gonna win this series. I'm gonna go Goodrow because of his goal last year uh, to take out the the um, Vegas Golden Knights in the in the um, Western that Conference your, Finals. That's not your that's your biggest memory as a Shark. Of, of Goodrow, yeah, yeah, of him taking out. But I mean, dude, like uh, the the Vegas Knights last year. It was beautiful, and uh, it it holds a place in my heart. Pavelski went to a Stanley Cup with us, though. Oh, I know. I, I, I mean, dude, this dude was with us like his entire career, and like yep. we we're always like a great team, but not great enough. I'm gonna love seeing him hold that hoist that cup, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, the good row, at least right now, that good row memory is a little bit, a little bit higher than uh, the Pavs memory. So, I think Pavs is the better player, but I got a great question for yep. you though. Before we move on quickly, yep. of all like the championship trophies, like I'm talking the Stanley Cup, if you could, if you, all right, if you could spend one day with anything, if it's the Stanley Cup, the Masters Green Jacket, hmm. or the boxing WBC World Heavyweight Title, which one you, which one are you taking with you? The Stanley Cup, the Green Jacket, or the WBC Heavyweight Title? I mean, just out of all those three. Um, I mean, the green jacket comes with a big, uh, big purse when you win that tour or that, yeah, that championship. But uh, I'm gonna go Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, no, 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 the, no. I'm saying the Stanley Cup. No, 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 no. I'm saying yeah, take the one of the trophies yeah. to you, like to the bar with you tomorrow. Oh, the the Stanley Cup. No COVID or anything. The Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, any day of the week. Um, to get it shows your grit and determination and. I mean, uh, hockey is just one of those those really tough sports to win it. So, plus everybody knows the Stanley Cup, I and mean, you could anybody could be wearing some green jacket. 
I know it's not the oh, green jacket, the but green jacket but is yeah, special. everybody would know you're a Stanley Cup winner if you're if you're hoisting that around. So what about you? Man, most, uh, I've always said the green jacket, dude. Like I just think that that green jacket is just like prestige. You know? You're not walking around. Not even a golfer. I don't either. like <laughs> most of the time. Most of usually I would say the WBC title, but then you know every dude would want to fight yeah. you. They'd be like. Oh, what's up? You the world champ? Yeah, like, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the NBA playoffs. Uh, we're coming down the wire here. The Lakers are up 2-0 against uh, the Nuggets. The Heat are up 2-1 against the Celtics. Um, big, big shot tonight from Anthony Davis, man. Uh, you know, won it at the buzzer for the Lakers, up 2-0. What, how, how do you see this, season, this series playing out? Do you think... Do you think it's gonna be a quick four uh, zero sweep or a gentleman's sweep four one? Like, what's your take on it so far? Man, I think if uh, Denver is gonna win any of those games, it was gonna be tonight's game. I mean, they had it up to the wire. Um, you know, hell of a shot by AD at the end. Um, I, I was, I, even though LeBron kind of you know went quiet that second half. Um, Dude, he went quiet in the fourth. Yeah, very quiet. I I, I still think that depth. You know, outtakes the Nuggets. What are What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I I picked the Lakers to win this shit in four, yep. and I still think it. I just think uh, LeBron and AD are way too much, and the fact that LeBron didn't even score or he had two points in the fourth quarter tonight, like, dude, if you lose that game, like, that's like mentally break. Like, dude, the best player on the planet yeah. in the last like twenty years. Scored two points against you and you lost the fo- in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but you know, aside from that, man, I'm I'm really happy for Anthony Davis. I mean, as a hoop fan, as a hoop dude, like we've been waiting for Anthony Davis to like explode like this for you know the last six years, yeah. and he's finally doing it. And I think a big part of that is because you know he got on a team with LeBron, and LeBron was able to like help him refine those those intangibles, dude, off the court staying focused type yep. shit and it's really showing dude he's been balling out in these playoffs rondo's been really great i like the lakers 4-0 i like a clean sweep hopefully next sunday we're talking about nba finals preview yep. oh yeah well we'll definitely be talking nba finals preview we uh we might only know one of the teams but you know <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be talking about it that's that's which, for damn br- sure. which brings it up like i mean the heat celtics series obviously the heat won the first two games very close the celtics blew them out of the water game three yep. um you know if you're the heat uh you know what are you thinking or if, if i mean what do you think on this series I'm, uh, overall i mean if i'm the heat i hope uh what gordon hayward rolls his ankle again um you know he, nah, nah, I, I know, I know. Nah, uh, he nah, he played a, a decent game in that that uh, you know game three that you know really, actually he played a great game. He played a lot of minutes in that in game three, and um, you know he he really kind of changed the focus. I, I think the Celtics going in their locker room and you know kind of having that heart to heart really you know bumped them up you for this was, game three. Yeah, maybe. Shit, yeah. Maybe. Um so yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to this next game. I think this is, you know, this is where we'll we'll see that deciding game. You know, if Heat go up 3-1, then I think the Heat take it. If Celtics tie it up, I think we're going 7 and Celtics might take it. Um you know, it's it's still up in the air for me. Yeah, I mean, um I think that 
maybe the heat finally came back down to earth, dude. Yep. Be- because, I mean, we've been seeing guys like Jay Crowder. Um, you know, he's been fucking playing at like an all-NBA level. Yep. Uh, Goran Dragic has been their leading scorer yep. of the playoffs, dude. I mean, they're just getting insane production from, like, role players and stuff. Like, all playoffs long. And, like, everyone can tell me, like, the bubble don't matter. Like, everyone's got the same circumstances. But I'm telling y'all, like, on a regular playing field, like, with fans and shit, like, these role players, these normal dudes don't be balling like this ever. Like, this is insane shit. I completely agree with that. And yesterday jay crowder went two for ten from three like he finally fell back down to earth and like some of his shots were even wide open like they weren't just like he was covered like he was just missing and like that's who jay crowder is like he's not a 55 percent three-point shooter so maybe the heat are finally coming back down to earth the only thing is is like the celtics like they haven't got the same level of production from tatum brown uh Kemba all playoffs yep. like it's been two of the three or one of the three and yesterday was really the first time that all three of them really balled out they had 72 points combined mm-hmm. you know so i i look at it is has miami fell back down to earth or has boston been able to get those three guys like going at the same time and if boston gets those three guys going at the same time this series might be over in six games. Yep. Like it might be a, it might be a Celtics four two. Like they might win the next three in a row. To be honest, yep. because if they if they produce at that kind of level, Miami just doesn't have the talent to equate to that. Especially if those dudes that are normally like just normal, yeah, produce at the normal play level. their normal game. Yeah, I think exactly. game four is going to be a huge deciding game in this one. So, I'm I'm looking forward because to because even. Even Bam had a good game last game, yeah. and it's like, uh, you know, Miami's been doing, been, been able to do this because they've been having like seven to eight guys produce like 14, 15 points and really hold down their own on the defensive end. At some point, if they're not able to knock down shots, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're not going to be able to maintain this high of a level yeah. at this level of competition. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's been crazy, dude. Like, the Heat are on this incredible, incredible running. Like, it's a great story. But at some point, dude, they got to come back down to earth. And maybe it's happened. And I wish it happened a series ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, but here we are. All right, let's head into Pour Me Another. Uh, every week, we get into... You know, three to four topics a week, going 30 seconds to a minute, just rapid fire. Let's start it off with uh, my man Giannis winning back-to-back MVPs this year. Um, you know, he sat down with Bucks ownership this this uh, week before he went on vacation to Greece. You know, really talked about where the franchise was going. Um, you know, what's your what's your take on Giannis? Do you think he's gonna leave? You know, where's he going? I mean, if he does leave, I think he's got three, you know, real trade options out there for, you know, Minnesota to go to. I think Warriors are going to be one of the options. Um, You know, maybe Wiggins, Pascal, and a couple first going. Um, You know, I could see the 76ers being a spot, you know, maybe with uh, Embiid and Richardson going back. Um, You know, maybe even uh, New Orleans. You know, they've got a lot of first-round picks coming up, um, both theirs and L.A.'s. So... You know, I, I could see that being a, you know, pretty pretty nice option for them. Um, 
ultimately though i think he he resigns and uh you know we see Giannis, you know stay for for the long haul what do you think uh i think milwaukee does everything they can do to improve the team this year Giannis is way too valuable of that, uh, for that franchise. Like before he went there, they weren't even worth a billion dollars. Now they're worth over a billion dollars. Yep. So if you just trade that kind of piece, then it just looks bad for your franchise, you know, to your fan base and stuff. So I think ultimately this year they go out, they try, they put everybody on the trade block except for Giannis and do whatever they can to improve the roster. Um, if you lose him in free agency next year, you know, so be it. Start the tank for Imani Bates um, in 2022 or 2023, depending on the CBA. Because if he can come out straight out of high school in 2020 in 2022, like this kid is a sophomore this year. If you were to come out in the draft this year, he'd be the number one pick. So I think they're in a good position going forward as a franchise, to be honest. Yep. All right, our next one we've got going for this week is Saturday. We saw UFC fight night with some awesome knockouts. We saw some great submissions. We saw some tough decision calls. Uh, man, what was your favorite fight and least favorite fight of the night? Man, I, I love Chimev, dude. Like, I don't even know if I pronounce his name right, but Chimev, like, this dude is incredible. Like, this dude literally threw yeah. one punch, and the fight was over in 16 seconds. I mean, at this point, this dude needs a title fight because I don't know if you like you can keep giving him whoever. Nothing he's done has proved that like he's not worthy of like title consideration. Like I think he's that kind of fighter already. Yeah. Um, you know, my second biggest takeaway obviously was Tyrone Woodley. Like I thought he was gonna hold it down and you know really make races catch the fade again yeah um but he really went out there like and he had like no game plan like it, it didn't even look like he was trying to win like it literally looked like he was fucking just throwing the fight yeah yeah so you know i'd love to spend my full minute talking about how much of a piece of shit covington is but i'm not <laughs> um, yeah i mean if you need to yeah, go for it. Uh, i could um, I think the best fight, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, Chimev is, he is just insane. Um, they put him up against Mearshart, and, you know, Mearshart's a legit fighter, and it still didn't. I mean, 17 seconds, come on. Three fights. Knocked his ass out. Yeah, only one or two shots taken in his last three wins oh, in 66 days, which is huge under um, the last record there. Uh, kid's amazing. Um, for my least favorite fight, I'd probably say the Price Cerrone fight. Um, you know, it's it's tough to see the uh, the point deduction there. Uh, we've seen so many fights where there are additional warnings without the reduction, and we've seen nah, a lot dude, more. He push. like he kept poking that dude in the eye so many times, though, Ben. Yeah, there were there were two, you know, one warning and then one point deduction, and it's tough to see a fight, you know, take that. So I'd say that was my my least favorite there. All right, well, you know, we saw college football this weekend, a lot of it, right? Yep. Big Ten also announced this week that they're going to schedule, they uh, throw out their schedule today, actually, and kickoff starts October 24th, and the Pac-12 is set to vote on starting their season sooner than January this week. Yep. Um, I didn't think we'd ever get here, at least this soon, but we are, and 
what do you think and when do you think the Pac-12 needs to play? You're yeah. a Stanford guy too, bro. Man, I, I think it's huge. The, the universities definitely need the support from the football programs. Um, you know, I, I hope that they are, you know, keeping player safety in the forefront, as they're saying. Um, you know, I think early, sorry, end of November, early December would probably be best that, you know, they can get those COVID cases kind of under control at the schools, gives the, the counties a little bit more time to, you know, lower their, you know, standards for everything, um, you know, especially getting fans back in the stadiums, maybe. Um, and it also is, is perfect timing for the NFL draft coming up in the spring. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking end of November, early December. What are, you, what are your thoughts? When are we seeing college football in the West? Well, first of all, I think a lot of the pressure was put on the Big Ten because of, you know, the succession of the college football that's been going on. Like, there's only been a few postponements, and um, they've really been able to move on. And so, for me, the Big Ten didn't surprise me. Um, the Pac-12, however, I do think they are getting pressure put on them as well, especially with uh, Amon St. Rob putting out that... That letter to Governor Newsom, obviously Governor Newsom saying that like, hey man, like y'all can play games, like there's nothing in the state saying y'all can't. So I think that that was huge, and I think the Pac-12 already has that deal with that company that makes the coronavirus test kits in under 10 minutes. So I think for the Pac-12, like they're, I, I felt like they were already on the right direction, and they said that they were gonna play this year. Um, they were expecting a January start date, but they even said, even Larry Scott said it could be before then. So this doesn't surprise me. I just think this adds a little more pressure with the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. So we got our last one for the week. Uh, Thursday, we saw Josh Donaldson uh, get ejected during his home run trot on uh, versus the White Sox. Uh, the following day, we saw him make comments about the un the umpires having no accountability. Especially he would like himself to do, but he's taking his walks. Checked his swing and took a strike. That's the second time Donaldson's taken issue with Dan Bellino. And you can see him say, I'm asking, was it on the swing or was it on the pitch? Because as a hitter, you want to know. If he called that a strike, you're not happy. But if he says you swung, then you go, okay, fine. And yeah, I swung, whatever. You're not going to argue that. But if you think that ball that was five inches off the plate. Well, now here comes Rocco Baldelli. And then this. Deep down the left field line, home run. Donaldson didn't miss it. <laughs> he tossed him. They just tossed Donaldson for kicking dirt on home plate as he crossed home plate. All right, so what are your thoughts on the ejections and his comments? Man, I think that he definitely has a point. Um, like, I don't feel like the umpires and officials in Major League Baseball are held accountable. I mean, Angel Hernandez has been in, he's been able to work since 1991. And I mean, this dude is like part of some of the worst calls in MLB history. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, he's absolutely right, man. Like I, I'm kind of speechless because I don't know where to go because he really is like, he's right, dude. He's absolutely right. And you know, Angel Hernandez is one of the worst fucking umpires ever. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was hilarious. Um, you know, I really wish we had the audio from what he said at the bat because, I mean, he was getting tossed before he even 
I mean, probably even before he even hit first base yeah. um, during that that trot. I think his comments were were definitely emotion filled. Um, you got to think those umps have the same love for the game. You know, they have a reputation and they have bonuses. So um, to say that they're just call, making calls to get the game over, I think is is a little much. Um, I think the refs, the the refs, the umpires do need a, a way to be a little you know reviewed a little bit more to have more responsibility for those calls but don't expect to get any calls your way uh soon mr donaldson <laughs> no never but it's crazy i was yep. i was actually looking at this because i was the first person that came to my mind was angel hernandez and uh when since replay's been called angel hernandez has had his calls overturned 14 out of 18 times wow yeah that's not a that's not a good uh stat right not there at all All right, let's hit in the best bets. Uh, last week, I was 1-0-1. One one, oh one. I gave y'all the fucking Broncos plus three, which covered barely, but it covered. That's all that matters. And under five, Las Vegas and Dallas, which pushed. Uh, my boy Ben here, you know. Well, how'd you do, Ben? I was I was one and one. I uh, I had the Pittsburgh minus six in that Monday night football game, which uh, which definitely covered. And then um, I had that Vegas uh, in the game five loss at uh, a goal and a half uh, with that win. So that was one and one, not that great. But hey, I I know that uh, that uh, dash one at the end of yours with that push, that's gonna hurt and that's gonna haunt you for a long time. Yeah, yeah that push that push definitely hurt. We were yeah. talking about it, and I was like, man, I, I could potentially go uh, uh, 2-0 here, push my record to, like, 7-4, and four, or yeah. what was it? 7-2. and 7-2. Yeah. But 6-2-1, we'll take it. And we're going to get back on track this week. We're gonna give you, I'm going to give you two winners. Ben, what's your two favorite, though? What's your best yeah, bet so of the week? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with hockey and football. So uh, my first bet is going to be game two, Monday night, versus uh, Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Um, as I said earlier, I think the, that Dallas is kind of on that roll, and uh, I really like it. Um, I think game two is going to be a lot closer than game one, but uh, I love the way Goldobin is, is playing between the pri- pipes, and he's really proven that you know he can stay hot. Um, with Stamkos out, I don't see them getting that depth in the third and fourth lines that they'll need. And, um, you know, sorry, Goodrow, even though I'd like to see you lift that cup, I think Dallas is taking a 2-0 lead here. So, I'm going to say Dallas is probably going to win here, either 2-1 or 3-2. Um, but I'm taking Dallas, game two, at plus 130. Plus money. Oh, yeah. All right, and, and hey. second game I'm going to pick is I'm going NFL week three. Um, I, looking at the lines for uh, next week that were uh, kind of just dropped, I, I really like how this one is set up. Um, it's the Atlanta and Chicago. Um, Atlanta's got a three-point uh, spread here. And, you know, they took the tough loss today. Uh, it was an absolute miracle that the Cowboys won. Um, I still can't believe that Atlanta had three players watching the football on that onside kick. Um but I, you know, I don't think Dan Quinn's going to have any more of that. Um, I don't see the Bears as big of a threat um, as Dallas put in today. Trubinsky's been a huge question mark. Um, you know, and they, they just barely beat an injury-ridden Giants team today. So I'm going to go Atlanta minus three. Nice, what are your picks? Man. I like that. I like it. 
I am going Monday night football. Tomorrow night, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. Going on plus six. I love it. Opening home stadium. A uh, rule of mine on Monday night football is I almost always take home dogs. Like, it don't matter. I take the home points. It, they almost cover like 65% of the time. I like the Vegas Raiders plus six. And my next bet, uh, this line actually isn't out. Uh, you can't find it on any book yet, but I'm going to assume it's going to be over or under 31 and a half or maybe maximum 32 and a half bam abadio over points rebounds and assists um the first two games or the first three games i should say it was between 30 and a half and 31 and a half um so i can't assume it's going to go over that much um but i love bam abadio over even up to 33 and a half he's covered over every single game so far so i say keep writing it until it like gets to you know maybe even 38 and a half um because he's been really the x factor you know last game he had 27 points 16 rebounds game before that he had almost a triple double um so he's really been like that x factor for the heat so let's lock it up bam abadio over 31 and a half let's take it all the way up to 35 and a half let's make it a lot all right so that was our sports part of our podcast. Now we got to start going back to our beers. Um, you know, Jordan, you had that Tanaya Creek. I'm I'm really excited to hear about that Oktoberfest, especially yeah, since it's your second ty- time back to Tanaya. Yep. It's got to be good. So uh, tell me about that Oktoberfest. Man, it's really good. It's uh, very drinkable. Um, so it's not like heavy. It doesn't make you full or anything like that. Uh, I've almost finished the whole fucking growler here, and <laughs> I'm buzzing a little bit. I'm feeling myself out here, and it's been very good, man. And that good, was man. a 6.2? 6.2. Okay. Um, out of five, I would give it a 4.3, which means okay. I would definitely buy it again, and I would drink it again. Um, you know, for this kind of beer, very good. Sneaky. Nice. Sneaky. Yeah. How about you, oh, man? Yeah. How was yours? Uh, so I really enjoyed these gooses. Um, you know, the first one that I had was the Juiced by uh, Hen House Brewing Company out of Sonoma County. Um, and this was their pineapple edition. Um, it was only a 4% ABV. So it is one that you can drink and drink and drink. And I would definitely drink and drink and drink this beer. Um, it was, it was outstanding. It didn't have that slap in the face that, um, you know, some sours can get, uh, when they're kind of overly fermented there. Um, the, the pineapple was a, a nice added touch. It wasn't overpowering and, you know, it was a pretty clear sour too, which, which I, uh, I liked. Um, again, you can keep, keep drinking them cause they're not too heavy. Mm, uh, I love for it. a rating. Yeah. For a rating out of five, um, I'm going to give the juice a 4.7. This one was wow. was super good. Yeah. Uh, Is that I your highest rating so far? From the from the podcast we put out, yeah. This is oh. this is the highest one. Yeah. Um, I am hey. super impressed with this one. Hey. And, uh, hey. Shout out that brewery one more time. 
Yeah, Hen House Brewing out of Sonoma County. Hey. Um, this is great. They've got a new uh, black cherry one coming out right now that they literally just tapped. Um, so I'm going to be putting an order in for that. Um, the hey, greatest Hen thing House too Brewing, is this. if you hear this, pay us some money. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, the second beer that I, uh, I drank tonight was the, uh, Crowns and Axes, which was the Strawberry Guava Goose. Um, this, this is the one, one I'm was, most excited to hear about. This one was really good as well. Um, I, I'm not going to put it as high as this juiced one. Um, it just, it wasn't as easy to drink. It was, uh, it definitely had that tartness. It was, uh. You know, every sip was kind of that that pucker your your lips um, mm. feeling, which that's why I love. It just it it gets too much when you're getting to the bottom of the pint. Um, but it was it was still a good beer. I'm gonna rate this one for a sour. I'm gonna give it a four point three as well as um, you know, Sam, that you gave your Rocktober. That's it's great. one I'd go if it was on a, a shelf, I'd go pick it up. If it was on tap, I'd love it even more. Um, you know Beautiful. these were these were some great sours, so I'm super uh, super happy with these picks. Man, I'm jealous, dude. I need to try that uh, henhouse juiced. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be ordering a bunch, so I'll, I'll send some out to you. That's for sure. Four point seven. Yeah, it was it was tasty. I cannot wait for this uh, black cherry. So, dude, I hell yeah, have to try that. Like, yeah. Especially if you that don't doesn't even normally like sours likes it. It was on point. Yeah. But, and now all I want to do is talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep talking about it. Um, you know, everybody, thank you out there for listening. Um, you know, make sure you check us out on our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook, all our Taproom Sports Podcast. Uh, and check out our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. And make sure to check out check out our new podcast, APR, that's going to be dropping on Thursday. We are out. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Later. Because the music, music, music was so.